The conversation around uh, vaccine requirements and mandates, we've certainly been focused on that recently. One of the areas where that's been a topic of conversation has been around post-secondary institutions. Are we going to be able to get students back onto campus safely this fall? Now, there have been some universities in other parts of the country that have made the decision that for students, for staff who are going to be on campus this fall, there's going to be a requirement that they be fully vaccinated to try to make things as safe as possible. Now, Alberta's government has been reluctant to go down that path. So it wasn't something that was going to be imposed on Alberta universities. And there's been some conversation around, you know, what what leeway universities have in implementing these policies themselves. Can Alberta's universities require that of staff and students? Well, three universities, the University of Calgary, University of Alberta, University of Lethbridge, have come up with, I guess we can call it a compromise approach, that vaccines are, are going to be certainly emphasized, but not required. So basically, in order to be on campus, uh, students, staff will either have to be A, vaccinated, or B, have to submit to fairly frequent rapid testing. Now, there's going to be masking requirements as well. So that's the approach they've decided to take here. Um, so is this legally sound? Is is this good health policy? Well, joining us to talk more about some of these questions uh, is someone who's been uh, rather outspoken on this in uh, recent weeks and has been following the debate very closely. Dr. Lorian Hardcastle, who's an assistant professor in the Faculty of Law at the University of Calgary, has a cross appointment uh, to the community or the Department of Community Health Sciences at the coming School of Medicine and the O'Brien Institute for Public Health. Dr. Hardcastle, great to have you with us here this morning. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. So let me just get your initial reaction to, to that announcement we saw yesterday. I think that the, the devil will be in the details in some way, and we're still waiting to find out more about what the rapid testing will look like in terms of frequency. But certainly I was very pleased to see the university taking some steps to try to make sure that campus is safer in the fall with thousands of students descending upon the, upon the campus in mere weeks. Yeah, and, and look, I got a personal vested interest. My daughter completed her first year at home. She's going to be on campus for the first time. And obviously, I want to see that go well. I want to see her safe. So I've been following this very closely myself. Now, you know, there was the question as to whether universities in Alberta could go even further. And, and I know you've been talking and writing about this. Do you think universities in Alberta, uh, post-secondary institutions, are in a position where legally they have the leeway to say that, yes, look, vaccines are going to be required here? I think they could have gone further. Um, the main the main legal arguments that arise are uh, that the charter might might prohibit that kind of mandatory vaccination. But as a number of of constitutional law scholars have written, and as I agree, um, the charter may not even apply to universities. And if it does, those rights, of course, aren't aren't unlimited. And so I do think that the university could have gone further as long as they have a, had a policy to accommodate for people who, for example, physically can't get vaccinated for, right. for health reasons, because that would uh, be problematic from a human rights law perspective. It would. Um, you know, are, are we putting too much of the onus on the universities? What what kind of leadership would you like to see from, from the Alberta government here? Yeah, I think that would 
was one of the problems that, that was the impetus behind all of this was I think a lot of us were going into the school year uh, thinking that testing, tracing, isolating, those basic public health measures would, would be in place. And I think that when the government quite suddenly um, said that they, they were going to cease those measures, a lot of institutions, universities, schools, even private businesses having to protect their staff, I think a lot of people were left, were left scrambling. Yeah, I think so, too. And and so we've seen the response here from the universities in terms of the, the vaccines, the rapid testing, the masking as well. Now, getting back to, you know, the, the question of, of vaccination and the, maybe the privacy concerns, do we what kind of setup do we have in Alberta where, you know, students are going to university or wherever else we're going to see these requirements? Do we have a, a system in place where it's going to be relatively easy enough to present that information, to be able to track that information, protect that information. How's, how's all this going to work in practice? Yeah, it isn't clear yet what what universities are going to, to put into place. And we've seen universities across the country making these kinds of announcements, but not a lot of details yet on, on what it will look like um, in provinces where the province is issuing a vaccine card. Um, it might be easier and, and perhaps the student shows that once at the beginning of the semester, um, perhaps when they pick up their student card or, or that sort of thing. Um, in other provinces, though, where, where the province isn't supporting any sort of proof of, of vaccine, um, will universities accept printouts from pharmacies saying vaccines have occurred? Will they accept a declaration from students saying that they're vaccinated? And, and so those details are really all just being discussed in real time right now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, and on the question of testing, just to go back to that, because I know you, you'd uh, signed this open letter calling on the universities to, to take similar steps here and that we're going to have rapid testing. It, it is going to have to be frequent. Ideally, what would you like to see then? How frequent should rapid testing be if this is going to be the, the approach for those who are not vaccinated? I think that it would have to depend on the number of COVID cases in the in the community and, and how widespread COVID is in the community. And so perhaps rapid testing would have to ramp up when case rates generally ramp up because, of course, the more cases there are in the community at a given time, the, the more likely that, that students are to, to have it or that more students are, are likely to have it. And so, so I think it should reflect the epidemiological realities of, of what's going on when, when those tests are occurring. So I think they need to be flexible. So maybe weekly? Does that I mean would that be reasonable? Do you think? Um, perhaps I hadn't I hadn't uh, of course given much thought to that particular issue, and of course would defer to to some of my epidemiology colleagues on that particular issue. But I think mm-hmm. that the frequency does raise an issue around procurement, and it's not certain that uh, the university is going to be able to obtain those contracts and get those testing supplies. 
in, in advance of the school year. Well, and I mean, obviously, you're faculty at the university, but I mean, are, are you kind of hearing about this like we're all hearing about this? Or, or what kind of additional insight is being provided to faculty about what this is all going to look like? Very little. I had about a two-hour heads up, and that was more through my media context than from mm -hmm. the university. So we all just found out when everybody else did. Right, and here we are. I mean, we're in the second half of August, this is all coming up really fast. There's, there's still some questions about what this is all going to look like, isn't there? Yeah, and certainly we're putting pressure on admin to sort these issues out. Um, I know that some faculties are having Q&A sessions, so we're all in the dark as well. All right, but I mean, if, if nothing else, this is um, you know, a step in the right direction, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the original plan, which was largely voluntary, we encourage you to wear masks, we encourage you to vaccinate, we encourage you to isolate. I think that that just had no teeth. And so I certainly think that this was a positive step. All right, we'll see what uh, more we learn in the coming uh, days and weeks here. Dr. Hardcastle, appreciate your insight and uh, thanks for making some time for us here this morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. All right. All the best. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Professor Lorian Hardcastle, uh, assistant professor in the faculty of law at the University of Calgary, a cross appointment as well to the Department of Community Health Sciences, also a member of the O'Brien Institute for Public Health at the University of Calgary. So uh, certainly one of the voices that's been encouraging either the Alberta government or universities to take some action on this front. Now, in terms of whether universities in Canada have the, the legal or even the constitutional jurisdiction to make this uh, a requirement, That'll be put to the test. So Alberta's universities aren't going down that path, but obviously other universities in Canada have decided that that is the approach they're going to take. So if, if that is indeed challenged, I guess we'll see if, if that approach holds up. I think what Alberta universities are doing here is a reasonable compromise. You're accommodating those who either can't or choose not to get vaccinated. You're not denying them an education, but whether it's remote learning or whether it's submitting to a rapid test, you know, there's still the opportunity uh, to get an education, to get the education you're paying for. But this is a way of safely getting students back onto campus this fall. And uh, obviously, we don't know what the fall is going to look like, more broadly speaking. So whether it be post-secondary education, K-12 education, whether it be all kinds of other businesses or gatherings or, you know, you name it. I mean, you know, everything that, that uh, our lives involve. What does the fall, what does the winter look like? What are we up against?